So all of us have bought a vehicle at some point in time. And um, I remember my first car. I was 19 years old. It was a Toyota Scion XB, right when the XB was like the hot new thing. And uh, I remember walking into the dealership and the price tag on the car was like $15,000 or something insanely inexpensive like that. And I didn't know anything about buying a car. So to me, I've got this price tag in my head of $15,000. And they're like, well, you know, do you want to put a... Uh, do you want to put a sound system in the car? That's an extra 2000 And, you know, I worked at the YMCA for minimum wage. That wasn't happening. So I'm like, no. No, do you want the warranty? No. And uh, the whole time, this $15,000 price tag, they're attempting to change and make it a little bit bigger. And uh, where they did get me was on floor mats. Apparently, <laughs> apparently floor mats aren't a stock option in a Toyota Scion. So I ended up getting out of there for the $15,000 plus door mats and sales tax. Um, I think we see this, uh, this type of issue in a lot of industries, but in particular in the pet industry. So, uh, yeah, when you walk in and see that lizard for $3.99, what is the true cost of that lizard? So today on uh, TDI Live, we're going to be talking about what's new in the world of tie-dye, a record-breaking alligator, uh, some reptile myths, such as reptiles are expensive or inexpensive pets. And then Bill's got an all-new hot conspiracy for us, followed by a game. So, uh, I'm Matt. I'm Bill. I'm Heather. And you're listening to TDI Live. So what's new in the world of tie-dyed iguana? Uh, we just got back from the Show Me Snakes Reptile Show in Bridgeton, Missouri. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what the heck happened out there. It was pure pandemonium. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we were uh, 10 a.m. hit when the show started, and it was pouring down rain, and not a soul was in there. And I'm like, great. It's going to be one of these shows. At about 10.20, I think all of St. Louis came into the show, and about 2.30, they all left. So ended up being our second busiest reptile show of all time. So very busy. Uh, we're headed to Springfield, Missouri next week. Um, actually, we've got a couple things. Next Tuesday, we're headed to uh, Nashville, Tennessee for a buying show. Um, and then next weekend, Eric and I are headed to Springfield, Missouri for a show. And then the week after that, um, currently it's just myself. I'm headed to Ohio for three days for a buying show for our plants. And the uh, fabled tortoise pen that hasn't been built yet, <laughs> uh, we picked up the cinder block yesterday. So it's all in the back, and it's too heavy for the pallet jack. So now we have a uh, very heavy pallet of cinder block that needs moved. So, uh, what's new in the world of reptiles? Heather, why don't you tell us, tell us what happened? All right, so this guy in Georgia, uh, they open their hunting season for alligators uh, every year around this time. Um, and he actually broke the state's record for the largest alligator. He caught a 14-foot alligator that weighs 700 pounds. So, that is the big story. And the guy plans, uh, well, of course, they harvest it for meat. And now he's planning on, like, getting it taxidermied, and he's going to make it a big trophy. <laughs> oh, that's going to be stupid expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious how they would uh, preserve a body like that, like I, something that big. Yeah, I did taxidermy when I was younger, but basically you just skin the animal, you pull all the bones and flesh out, and um, there's a lot of animals being like deer and elk and stuff like that that they have pre-made. Basically it's like a foam 
mold and you just stretch the skin over it and you do it just sew it up and i'm sure yeah. um they do that with they can do that with alligators and do you think they have like a foam that. mold of a 14 foot alligator no they'll have to build it and that'll be they'll expensive build. they'll they'll probably charge them like a molding fee yeah the and then they have wires fee. in there and stuff like for the legs and and stuff like that. so um have you ever seen hook um, I know you've seen Hook. Yes. Remember the big yes. gator? Yes, at, at the, the end, end, the big alligator. Yeah. How big do you think that was? I mean, that's obviously exaggerated. Oh, jeez. That was probably like... Huge. Like 20, 30 feet tall. <laughs> I, I've only had uh, one instance where I've ever had a mess with a croc, and I was scared. I know yeah. Bill remembers it. And it was a little guy. It was a Nile crocodile. Yeah, what was it, like two foot? Mm, about three. Three foot? Yeah. I was so scared. They I let know. it go in the water, and they're like, catch it. Just grab it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never done that before, and I'm in there in my sandals waiting around. I thought around. it was funny. Like, it's like, going to bite my toes. I was I was like, I'm just going to reach in there and grab it, because he's not going to do it. Oh, it moved. Yeah. Oh, it moved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep, that's my experience with a gator. You probably have a lot more, Bill, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, um, cool. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of the news going on in the world right now. Big-ass alligator caught in Georgia because it's open season on gators, and... Uh, I guess we're lucky we don't have that problem around here. So yeah, I mean, it's really the, it's their form of population control, kind of like we have a popula- population deer. control for the deer here. Do they yeah. have open season on gators in Florida? Or is... I'm, I'm not sure. sure. They do. I'm sure they do, but, but because they were they were <laughs> they were endangered at one time, and then this is just the result of um, them protecting them and them coming back in population, and now that they can there's you know enough in the population to sustain it then they start doing the harvesting they yeah. do that with you know like deer around here most of the uh natural predators have been eliminated so you know they have to take out the deer maybe we otherwise they just humans. they'll starve to death or they'll get that uh <laughs> no. wasting disease well they say we're going to overpopulate the planet you think it'll ever be open season on people no, I think it already is. No, in some no Hunger no. Games. It's no. ar- it's already that way in some places. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, reptiles being expensive as pets. I know this is an issue that we see a lot in the store. Um, I'm going to use a green anole as an example. You know, we sell green anoles mm-hmm. for what six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, yeah, eight ninety nine. I don't know, something like that. And a lot of times, people will come in and they're looking for, um, you know, a cheap pet. And so naturally, they go right to something like a green anole or a house gecko. Um, but the knolls in particular, because they're diurnal, so they're out during the day and people see them and want to do something with them. A uh, problem with an anole is uh, being a diurnal species, they require the UVB, um, they require a basking spot, they need calcium, etc. Um, I would say an average anole setup runs like 140 bucks, um, 100 to 140 bucks to like do it right. And uh, that blows a lot of people away, um, you know, because they don't want to spend that much money. And we see something similar with tortoises. This one always cracks me up. Um, people will come in and they'll see our tortoises and then they'll say, well, where's your regular tortoises? Have you heard them say that? No, I don't, so. <laughs> I don't do sales. There's a reason why I don't do sales. Yeah. You know why the reason is because I, I have zero tolerance for stupidity <laughs> and I will call somebody out on it in a second. Yeah. It's and a, you would lose more customers if I did say that's yeah, a fine line. So, uh, the tortoise one, when people do that, they're like, well, where are your regular tortoises? And I'm like, and I know exactly what they mean. What they're trying to say is where's your cheap tortoises, yeah. but I like to kind of play the game. And I'm like, what do you mean regular tortoises? This is a Russian tortoise. This is a pretty common tortoise. And they're like, no, your regular tortoises. And I'm like, you mean the cheap <laughs> tortoises? And they're like, yeah, you know, like the ones you find outside. <laughs> Not and, around uh, here. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that's hard to get people to wrap their head around too, because 
they judge the value of the animal based on what they paid for it. So yeah. when they find a quote-unquote free animal or a wild animal, they just assume that it doesn't require any specialized care and they can, you know, do like we did when we were kids, put it in a box. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you did too? I'm sure when you were a kid, you like mine was I caught a turtle in Florida, aquatic turtle, kept it in a box on yeah. land, aquatic turtle, and uh, you know didn't know what the hell I was doing. I. You had to do something crazy back in the, what was it, the 30s when you were like 30? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. No, I've had crazy I've had all kinds of different animals. My was parents were cool. totally stupid, though? Like before you knew what you were doing? Um, I'm trying to think. Bill doesn't do stupid things. <laughs> what about you, Heather? The only thing I can think of is I bought a, like a, it was about a three foot gold tegu and that thing was pure evil and i had it you know i had it in a decent sized cage and stuff but that thing i used to feed it like garter snakes and i would throw like five or six mice in there at once and they would grab them and shake them and there'd be blood all over the cage and <laughs> just kill them for fun and then they'd go back and eat them and that but it was our tegus that used to play tug of war wasn't it yeah and mm-hmm. trails yeah. all over they, the would, oh, they yeah. would pull them apart they would rip a mouse yeah. in half and it was gory so the reptiles as expensive pets or inexpensive pets. I know we recently had a um, we had some feedback on Google about that. Wasn't it Google? I think a Google review, mm-hmm. and someone was kind of blown away by the fact that it cost X amount of dollars to keep a reptile. Mm-hmm. And I had to really bite my tongue on that one because it was like, well, how do I respond to this person? And you know, what I just tell people, it's like, hey, the word exotic. You know, you say exotic car, you're not going to buy an exotic car for thirty grand. You know, yeah. you might be able to buy an exotic dancer pretty inexpensive <laughs> i know about, a place where you can get them pretty cheap <laughs> i used oh, to gosh. work there okay bill <laughs> i remember visiting you there i took alan there for his birthday yeah probably shouldn't get into the details of that one yeah no, no. Yeah, that was deep in the hood damn yeah all right so reptiles are not they're not necessarily overly expensive pets but they are definitely not cheap pets they have specialized care and the care is so unique across to every single animal i mean there's not like a general care you know, it's just because there's a certain type of light bulb on one animal doesn't mean that the animal right next to it needs that same type of light bulb. So. And it's kind of funny, too. It seems like some of the cheaper stuff is the more expensive stuff to set up. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. So what, like, anoles are one of them. Um, you Aquatic know, turtles. Yeah. That's another one because you have to over-filter them. you got to do water changes all the time. It's just... You because know, they eat and poop in the water, and we had aquatic turtles for a little while, but man, we, we had them for we, years, actually. Yeah, yeah, we did, and you had to do water changes like once a week. Bill did. He was always angry. Yeah, because like we, we had, had we they had, like, get so dirty and messy. It's we had this big job. Uh, was it the snake neck turtles? I think that was the last of them when we got out of those. Yeah. And then you had like the red ears. The red ears, Bertha. I remember. And red ears were so they they were such a pain to sell. Nobody wanted to sell them because it was a fight. Every single time we went to sell one, people were just like. They didn't want to spend a penny. No, they, wanted, they just wanted the They're turtle. very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. They just wanted to come in, buy the $13 turtle, and they couldn't wrap their head around why it cost $200 to set up this turtle. Yeah. And it was so much stress on the staff. That's why we quit selling them, actually. Yeah. I was like, you know what? My, like, I'm not going to do this to the staff. Well, we, you never really made that much money on them anyway. No. Occasionally, somebody would set up, you know, the correct it was rare, though. setup in that. You know, they'd buy the Waterland tubs or something like that and, and do it that way, but that was... 
you could probably count on one hand how many people actually did that. Even just getting people to put like the right lighting on them. Yeah. You know, they were like, whoa, I didn't do that when I was a kid. And I'm like, yeah. I like the asbestos example. Well, you put asbestos in your house when you were a kid too. Doesn't yeah. mean we're still doing it. Oh man, that would be a whole nother topic just <laughs> on, just on that subject alone. Yeah. That was the way so. it was when I was young. You know, like yeah. In the seventies, they were, they were disposable. You bought something. If it oh, died, you just. asbestos. Oh, well, I'm talking about the reptiles. Bill's toothbrush was made of asbestos back then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, if something died, you just went out and bought another one. Well, not at tie-dye. No. So, Well, this different. is, you know, yeah. 80 years later. <laughs> so, Bill, let's talk, let's get conspiracies. I've got written down here FEMA. Yeah, well, I was Tell looking for FEMA. stuff, but a lot of this stuff that it, I've Your conspiracies found, are very controversial, and we've got to be careful with that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're, the stuff that it... I have been getting most of my information from from you know the sources that I look at is pretty dark, so it's like nah, I just. So what? Why? What's your problem with FEMA, or maybe not problem? What's your concern with FEMA? Well, for one, it's a government organization, so it must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, must like the the conspiracy theory is that if we ever have like a severe natural disaster or you know unrest you know where they have to claim you know they put martial law into effect they're they're talking like they're just going to round up these people and they're going to say oh we're going to you know put you in this fema camp and we'll feed you and give you water and all this other stuff and basically it ends up being like a concentration camp and uh, a lot of people are That's a little anti extreme, man concentration yeah camp. and well and a lot of people are anti fema and i've known some people that were in fema and they never said anything like that but honestly you know i've heard like a lot of the walmarts you know the the walmarts that have been abandoned that they were going to set those up as fema camps and uh well, so what would be the advantage to them setting up uh you know setting up just basic- population control so see, open season. That's all we need. Pretty if much. You have open season on people, <laughs> yeah. then we wouldn't need FEMA. And we could save you, tax dollars. And then... Uh, and the stock market would rise because we'd sell more ammunition in caskets. <laughs> oh, so morbid. <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't be able to take your firearms in a FEMA camp. Well, I, I didn't mean take them into the FEMA. Forget it. Yeah. I wasn't saying... <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about, but I'm saying you pretty much So you feel like FEMA's a in, tool to control population? Yeah, essence? it's, you know, to basically keep looters down i would say uh to keep crime down well that's not you know to where to where well you go in there with the clothes on your back and that's it yeah you you have nothing when you go in there and uh well most just like some of the stories that i've heard and they're stories that it's pretty it can get pretty nefarious in that because they don't tell Mm -hmm. you you know the truth they they sugarcoat it and say oh the government's going to take care of you they're going to feed you and they're going to water you (laughs) just like a reptile at your house in a cage (laughs) (laughs) oh geez all right so so no fema for you huh no there's a like a ef5 tornado in st louis and st louis is leveled and they set up a fema camp where where are you going to go i'm going the opposite way yeah away from the fema camp yeah or like if, if san andreas you know just goes off and you know, that big chunk of California just slips into the sea and, you know, there'll be civil unrest pretty much on the West Coast. What's left of it, at least. Yeah. 
You think it'll sink into the ocean? I don't know. You think it'll float away? There's a there's a YouTube <laughs> channel that I watch, and he does uh, like earth earthquake reports and stuff, and his channel is called Dutch Sense. And he does, like, earthquakes around the world. And he kind of, I wouldn't say kind of, he predicts them, like, within, uh... Using his like earthquake 10, 10 days. Well, he's, he uses, like, different, uh... Dowsing geological rods. websites <laughs> that show the earthquakes. You know, if they're deep earthquakes or shallow earthquakes and... Does he use Siri? I don't know. <laughs> Alexa. But, uh... But he can kind of predict, like, with the, you know, where a deep earthquake goes, and then he's got, like, they got this map of the world where they show where the earthquakes are, and it's it's amazing how many earthquakes go off, you know, every day. And yeah, it, they're, they're small though, so no. One yeah, feels well, them. yeah, most of them are anywhere from like one magnitude to six, and every now and then you'll get a big one, and then it it um, it shows volcanoes too, like, yeah. you know, because that. When a volcano goes off, it triggers the size size. We call this a bill rabbit hole. Yeah. Yep. But it's a, his his channel is very very interesting. All right, so Heather, you got a game for us? Yes, I do. We're gonna play the favorites game again. I think some of these will generate some, uh, hopefully, some good memories. Okay. So we're gonna start with since well, I think September is the official start of the Halloween season, in my opinion, anyway. So, I'm going to ask you guys, what's your favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? Ooh, ever? Mm-hmm. Well, Bill, you've got like 110 years worth of Halloween costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I, did a, I did a Grim Reaper once. Um, when I used to work at the factory, I went to a buddy's house for Halloween party. And I did, I had like... Down the rabbit Original sigh. Yep, here we go. You know, original sigh, and I had, you know, the cloak and... You know, made up my face and stuff like that. I don't know what my favorite is, but I, I wore Gumby for a few years, and I even got in a fight in my yeah. Gumby costume. That's where once. you get the beer bottle bounced off your yeah, face. Yeah, right off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, that would kind of have to rank up there because, I mean, fighting. You know, it was just great fighting yeah. in a Gumby costume. You should tell them what you got this year. Oh, I don't know if I should reveal it. Ah, it'll be a surprise. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. I might. Re- I can't reveal it yet because uh, when people see it on the street, I don't want them to know. Ah, it is. Yeah. It's too uh it's too hide my identity. Yeah, okay. cuz you're way too old to be collecting candy. Yeah, I never said I collect candy. <laughs> yeah. No, no. All right, what's your next one? You All take right. it from your children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is the favorite vacation you've ever taken? Bill's never been on vacation. I haven't been on vacation in quite a while, but I know when I was younger, we used to rent a cabin up in northern Wisconsin for two weeks and fish on the lakes and stuff. That was probably the best vacations that I ever took. Man, my favorite vacation? I mean, I Stephanie and I and the kids don't really get out much. We do, like, Disney and the beach over and over and over. Um, probably, I mean, it's probably one of the, the many Disney trips we've taken. Just recently, I um, did Disney by myself. That was super cool. So... I'd have to go with that. Okay. All right. What's your favorite childhood cartoon? Ren and Stimpy. Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to have that like or two Speed Racer. knew we were going to have two different generations oh, yeah. of cartoons. Yeah, Fat Albert or Speed Racer. So. The originals. All right. Now, the last one is what's... Now, this might be hard. What's your favorite memory from 
the whole thir or 13 years that TDI has been open. Oh, man. Whew, he caught me off guard with that one. Read that yep. again. Favorite memory of TDI since we've been open. And you've been here since the beginning, Bill. Yeah, so. yeah. it's <clears throat> quite a few, actually. That, that, man, to pick one memory. I don't know if I could tell you my favorite memory. I could tell you a memory that sticks with me. And it was about 30 days into Tie-Dyed Iguana. So we opened April 1st, 2006. And I remember roughly 30 days in, sitting at the front desk, and I had the realization of... What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> like, I realized I will never again, at least at that point, how I was feeling. I was like, I'm never again going to have a family vacation. I mean, I work every single day, open to close. Oh, you guys were here, like, constantly, I was working like 107 hours a week back then. It was terrible. For uh, so even later than that. That's not a favorite memory, but that memory sticks with me. And anytime, I talk to people all the time. I just talked to someone at the Reptile Show this last week that wanted to open a pet store. And I think people think I'm biased because I'm like, dude, you know. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, sure, that's easy for you to say. And it's like, no, man, I've been there. Like, we're, we're very lucky right now where we are and the way it's um, evolved. But, dude, I mean, up until really like four or five years ago. I, I was, was going to really say hard. until I was about ready to say the same thing. Four but or five favorite years. favorite memory. You don't want to know negative memory. Do you have a favorite memory? I, I would have to say probably one of the Lizard Man when he came here for your anniversary. I can't give the details, but that first year you were working here, we had a, an all-day celebration once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. That was awesome. Yeah, Lizard Man Yeah, that's when I was still married to my second wife and not too much longer <laughs> after that. What's your favorite memory, Heather? Mm. You've been here since 2009. Um, I'd have to say the surprise birthday party that yeah. you guys held for me. The Harry Potter-themed birthday party. I was completely surprised. Yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah, I know. That, you, you that was the... That was, like, the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. You was crying with joy and messed up your content. Oh, yeah. I, like, cried because I was, like, so touched. It was so, it was so nice. Women do that. <laughs> oh, man, these 13 years have been a wild ride. And uh, I wish I could give you a better favorite memory, but there's just too many. I mean, yeah, I'm Bruno was way. wild. I mean, that was a wild two-year memory. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Our, you know, I kind of enjoyed fun. the first reality show filming. With Andy. And yes, that, I yeah. kind of like that one a little better and the second one we got more into it you're talking about the second one with uh scaled with prema or yeah talking, yeah yeah the first one i like but the second one we did way more people that that's, are hearing this are wondering what we're talking about that's when yeah. we did the um the eastern diamond back in the ball pit in missouri of course yes, yes. of course for those yes. of you in and then the nile yeah. crocodile and are getting a hard on for this no. and then the nile crocodile <laughs> Which, that was in Missouri as well. Yeah. That was all, I think everything was in Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was weird. Well, I think we should wrap it up. Sure. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this is episode six of TDI Live. We're recording every Wednesday, um, and it gets posted everywhere on Thursday. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. I don't think I've missed any. Um, so make sure you search for TDI Live. And the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, and it posts automatically to YouTube. And uh, if you're on Facebook as we're recording this, you're watching this live because we're doing a live feed of us recording the podcast. Yep. So I'm Matt. And I'm Bill. And I'm Heather. And you're listening to TDI Live. Thank you for listening to Tide-Eyed Iguana's podcast, TDI Live. And don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thetdi.com.